Welcome to Brain Noodles. This is the Geeks Like Us podcast where myself and three of my colleagues, we all sit and talk about the different things that our brains are noodling on and topics of the day. So, hi. Hi. I guess we should do some quick introductions. Introductions. I can speak today. (laughs) I'm Dr. Megan Connell. I am the co-founder of Geeks Like Us, DM for Political Role and host of Psychology at the Table and as well as a private psychologist practitioner psychologist in the Charlotte, North Carolina region face to face when we're not dealing with a global pandemic and online in greater North Carolina, Virginia and Washington. How about we could jump to Rachel next? Sure. I am Dr. Rachel Cowart. I am a research psychologist and the research director of Take This, which is the first mental health nonprofit to be formed serving the gaming industry and gaming communities. We'll go to uh, Kelly. Yeah, I'll jump in right in. I'm Dr. Kelly Dunlap. I'm a clinical psychologist practicing in Maryland. Uh, I am also an adjunct professor at American U- University in the Game Lab, and I also work for Take This as their uh, program manager for our streaming ambassadors. Hello, I'm Dr. Sarah Sawyer. I am uh, the content manager for Take This, a, pri- a private practitioner in the greater Seattle area, and an advisor for Leyline Geek Therapy Certification Training. Um, It'll be announced soon, but I got I got another side project rolling, but it's not my effort for now. It'll be down the pipeline at least a year, but I'll add that title later. Uh, otherwise, I'm a new puppy mom, and new puppy mom things demand things like going outside. So enjoy the sounds of silent apocalyptic Seattle today, folks. <laughs> <laughs> how how is everyone dealing with the stay at home? And I know we were all the moms. The human moms were chatting. <laughs> the human moms were crying, but um, yeah, I mean it's okay. I think the key is having time away um, from all of the roles. It's hard, really hard to juggle employee and mom and spouse and all of the and dog mom. I also have a dog. Um, Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, it's going on six weeks up here in Ottawa. Um, but I, I work out every day to get those endorphins going and I put special things in my coffee in the morning and those seem to be getting me through all right. So I think I, I think I have fewer tears because I'm very lucky that my son still gets to go to his, his daycare because he's small enough and the daycare is small enough. Um, I don't know, like, I, I always feel so bad because I'm like, I really like this. It just sounds terrible, but like my home, my husband is home every day for dinner and he can help put the child down and I don't have to get out of bed super early in order to get dressed and do everything. Like I'm embracing my fashion mullet when it comes to seeing my clients because I have like a nice sweater on top and then I have like my leggings underneath and it's just super comfy and chill and you know, I get to be with my dog all day and so they're it's always tough to say like there are benefits because I know there's a lot of people suffering, a lot of people hurting. And my sense of betterment comes from having a huge amount of privilege around um, the luckiness of my situation. Um, But also I don't really like crowds. So being at home and being able to hang out with the people I enjoy, like the Brain Noodles crew um, and playing a lot more video games, actually, I'm actually kind of doing okay. It's um. It's interesting. I'm liking spending the time with my kiddos and kind of just getting to see how they're doing and all. And we're eating dinner as a family pretty much every night, which is so nice. Like, and it it is really interesting because a lot of the clients I see who are 
also getting to have this slowdown in their life are reporting how much they're enjoying parks. Like they miss their friends, they miss going out, but also just saying like, it's nice to sit down and have dinner with my family every night. It's nice to not feel so overscheduled and overburdened and stressed out and wondering like how I'm going to get everything done every day. And like, I've actually seen a couple of different articles talking about how this is in many ways, sort of like the cure to burnout. And it, this idea of like sitting down and people actually are getting the option to be a little bit bored and see how they deal with that. And it's interesting. I don't know. So I, I'm so fascinated by that because I think I have been feeling more burned out actually. Like there's the family component that I've been really, uh, really enjoying, but I also feel like there's now more pressure for me <laughs> to do more things because I have all this time at home. Um, and then yeah, just a lot of stuff that I'm just like tired of doing. And I, I didn't realize it. Like I had, I think what happened is I was talking to a student about burnout. And then after I finished talking with them, I was like, oh crap, I'm burned out. <laughs> um, and that's, that's because, I mean, uh, the clinical stuff is, is fine and I'm enjoying that. But like, there's like 10 different side projects that because everything's gone remote are like, oh, well let's gear up because everybody has the same idea. And so it's, in being in mental health, that gear up is around like, oh, well, we need to push out resources and we need to be there for people. And we want to do this study and we want to do this. We want to talk about that. So um, things like the the speaking engagements, which I love, like those energize me. Those have gone up. Um, consultation calls have gone up, which aren't always as great because it's like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this. Um, but yeah, I just feel like there's more and more projects and I just, I just don't want to. And so I'm, I'm trying to fight this feeling of existential only of I should do things, but all I really want to do is just like lay on my couch and not do anything. So yeah. hello, group of psychologists. Let me tell you about my problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but like, I, I'm kind of in a similar boat to you, Kelly, because like, um, I'm the primary breadwinner in my family. And so trying to ensure that we have enough income coming in um, with moving to a completely telehealth therapy trying to do some consultation, trying to do some teaching, trying, you know, just it, there's pressure to like try and make myself available at all hours, which isn't healthy. Um, no, well also not. still trying to, you know, be there for my kids and help them with education and support my husband. Who's got to deal with the kids all day and he needs alone time too. And, um, taking care of everybody's health and well being, And it's just, it's a lot like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> On the one hand, like I said, I love the fact that we're getting to sit down and have dinner as a family. I love that we're not having to rush off to ballet and to this game and that game and that practice and this after school event and this thing. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, like the the stress of trying to still live is really challenging. Yeah, it's kind of like life has slowed down, but work has not. And mm -hmm. the stress has gone up for a variety of different reasons. And so trying to find that homeostasis again of like, I really do enjoy that, you know, I get to have family dinners and that my husband is now working from home and I get to see him more than like an hour a day. Like I enjoy those things. At the same time, I feel like I need to diversify my income streams in terms of being a psychologist and a teacher and a consultant and all these other things just in order to like make ends meet. Because again, I'm Megan knows and I'm sure Sarah knows too, like, mental health in terms of like income is down, which people probably don't think about very much. Um, but when you think about what gets cut when you have to tighten your belt, something like men, you're, you're seeing your therapist is one of the first things to go. 
um, that's farther up that hierarchy of needs. <laughs> and so when, when our basic ones aren't being met, it makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, I think a lot of people are just struggling with uncertainty and stress. And it's hard to have that idea of like, this is both kind of good and still stressful. And this is something I'm enjoying, but also disliking and trying to mm -hmm. rectify those two kind of things that they can coexist in, at once, um, even though they might seem like antithetical. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree that like, largely this is, this is not a good time for folks with ADHD, especially when like, as a job, a lot of my job requires writing. I am finding that my work with clients is probably some of the easiest stuff because it's talking and thinking and formulating rather than writing. But um, to echo Kelly's situation, like a lot of this is pushing content right now and writing at home. That's the worst formula you can get for someone with ADHD. So I've been working really hard at trying to figure out how to do that and be successful. Yeah, it's, I guess it's just, I always think the lesson here is it's hard and like, that's one of the things I've tried to work with with clients too, is talking about like, we don't know what things are going to look like on the other side of all this. I don't think we're going back to the way things were. I hope not. Cause and then it's kind of like, well, what was the point? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's okay. And I love that we're all just talking about the different challenges. Cause I think that there's still a lot of stuff out there about people managing it perfectly. Um, and not everyone's managing it perfectly. I got a message from one of the moms in my daughter's class the other day and she was having a hard day and she was like, are you having it hard too? And I was like, oh my gosh, some days are just like, my kids are freaking out. They don't know what's happening. They want to play with their friends. And she was like, I'm so glad I'm not the only one. It's like, oh, I think it is not the, I think most people <laughs> are struggling in some way, even if, you know, they still have those perfect pictures on Instagram or whatever it is. Like, people are struggling. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, let's, let's lighten it up a little bit. What, what games have you all been playing to find sanity in this uh, challenging time and to escape from the chaos that is our reality right now? I would like to introduce a game that says people take shots at any time someone on this podcast mentions Animal Crossing. I have been playing Gloomhaven. <laughs> Thank you very much. I have changed it up. Board game style. Nice. Um, and Animal Crossing, so take that drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my brother uh, had me get Tabletop Simulator, and I've been playing Gloomhaven the last two weekends. And I have to say, I enjoy it. I like to describe it as D&D &D on rails. It's basically what it is. But oh man, the gameplay is slow. It's so slow. We play for like three hours and we barely make it through one dungeon. And it's like, I enjoy it and it's fun, but dude, come on. It, it's too slow for me. I think I need a little more faster turnaround. But good game. Okay. Um, so for me, I beat Stardew Valley. And as much as you can beat Yay. Stardew Valley, I recorded nice. my screen when I married uh, Sebastian. So Sebastian. Nice. Yeah, so there's that. I had three. I had three boyfriends simultaneously, uh, so I had to pick one. Kelly, <laughs> you minx. Well, first wow. I wanted to do it because I wanted to see, like, will the game let me do that? It's that kind yeah. of exploration-y type of thing. And then I realized, yeah. oh, this person's already at all the hearts too, and I have an extra bouquet. Why don't I just throw it to them? Um, and so that's kind of like almost a letdown because now I don't really have anything to do. <laughs> I don't have anything to distract me in those times and I don't want to do anything because I was playing, you know, a, a lot of Stardew, but so I finished that. I'm going to find something new, but uh, I have started playing Aviary Attorney, which mm -hmm. is 
amazing. If you're familiar with the Phoenix Wright series at all, uh, or like Professor Layton, that kind of visual novel detective, uh, deductive reasoning kind of game. Uh, and this was made by a development team who really loved the Ace Attorney series. And they happened to find a bunch of um, like Creative Commons art of birds dressed up in like and animals in general dressed up in like top hats and monocles and like French fashion from the 1800s. And so they made an Ace Attorney style game using birds. And so far it's really good. I'm enjoying it. And the, the bonus on that is that it has uh, kicked my butt to start diving again on my game. The one that I started way back in my master's program, um, which is also a visual novel. If, if Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney was in fact a dog and a therapist, it is equivalent. So when I was talking about piling on more things, I now am actively spending time deving. So I'm like, okay, maybe I can just trade Stardew for creating my game. And then class today is the last time my, or tomorrow's the last time my class is meeting. And so then I'll have summer vacation. I'm like, oh, maybe I can like trade out doing slides work with more game dev work. And maybe I can actually make and release a game that I made that actually is done and stable. So that is that is what I, I am playing dev. I am playing as a player. I am playing all sorts of different roles. And maybe why I'm overwhelmed. Maybe. Just just maybe. How about you, Sarah? What are you playing? Uh, well, take a shot. Um, otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because there's this weird thing where, like, I've been feeling lower motivation broadly. So work, home. Social media, I've, I don't know if people have noticed, but uh, my like tweet level, my post level, my sharing has gone down. Um, I just kind of turned inward. So my, my relative level of gaming has kind of gone down, but I will say that Thuppence and uh, Animal Crossing and the puppy have given me great regularity. And so I've been playing some Sea of Thieves with GamerDoc and on Thuppence, uh, which Kelly, I know you are a big fan of. Uh, and we still need to get like a voyage together and go. Um, because a lot of people we know actually play, like Dr. B has played, Katrina from Take This has played. We could get a whole bunch of people together and do a giant pirate voyage. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah, I pulled B in because I wanted to do it for one of our Take This streams. Yeah. So I'm like, you have you have to go buy the game, load the game, go on your maiden voyage, and then we can talk. Because right now my galleon is sailing, and I just can't. I can't wait for you. You just got to kind of like onboard, and then then I'll take you through. I'm in. I love this. I just, it's, I will, I will happily escort you guys around the sea of thieves. <laughs> it's, it's a learning curve though. There's the way the, the way the game works is uh, hard at first with the islands. Like they give you a map when you get a quest and then you look at the map and you have to try to find it on the big map, but they don't tell you the name of the island. So you have to look at the map and look at the island like mini map and figure out what you're going to do. And I realized that they put you pretty close to wherever that mission is. But for a while, I was like sailing the whole map to find this little island. <laughs> it was bad. Bad news. Or you sail with someone who has the map memorized and can yeah. name the islands on site. <laughs> that'll, that'll do it too. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Although I, I will say it's, it's got to be tough for people who are jumping into Sea of Thieves now. Because I started, because the game was released about two years ago. Yeah. And I was one of the first to, to start it. And back then, you could only do Order of Souls, Gold Hoarders, or Merchant Alliance quests. That was it. So you could kill skeletons, dig up treasure, or catch chickens. Mm -hmm. And now there's like layers upon layers upon layers of quests. And they've, they've added mm -hmm. like a whole other game on top of it. 
So it's a lot harder to, to pick up. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely one of my favorites. I shared something in the take this slack around CFDs being called out as a really great social game. Mm -hmm. It's a game that requires you to be somewhat social, at least with the people you're playing with. And mm -hmm. I'm a huge advocate of, yeah, you know, I'm just going to sail and 80% of the time, nothing's going to happen. And I'm just talking with my friends as we adjust our rigging and like go fishing off the back and like look at the skybox at mm -hmm. night when all the stars and constellations are like, it's just, it's a beautiful game. And then there are trolls, but then you murder them. So it's fine. Mm -hmm. Learn that one in the, the game. way. <laughs> in the game. Store all booty and treasure in the crow's nest. Ooh, Do yeah. not store it where people can find it on your boat. <laughs> I've been playing a little bit of the uh, Pillars of Entity, Eternity also 2 Dreadfire. Also store the power kegs in the crow's nest. Uh, and like them out of the tutorial. I still haven't figured out quite how the combat mechanic works, but oh. like I have so little time to play. I don't get to play the way I would normally play these games, which is to explore every dungeon and to leave no stone unturned. I'm just kind of going, okay, you need me to go down this one specific cave system. I will go down that specific cave system, ignore all of the offshoots, come out and just progress the story. because I want to explore it and I want to enjoy this RPG. But <laughs> there's... This is... My husband has started playing um, the Fantasy Star Online because that had the betas out right now. And he's like, I want you to play. And I said, no, because us playing RPG open world games like that is very bad for our marriage because he, like Megan, wants to look through every menu and explore every nook and cranny. And I'm like, the mission says kill the big boss. Why are we it, right there? It's just right there. Let's just go kill it. So oh. it's, it's better that we don't. Don't play Borderlands together. Just don't. No, we tried. It didn't work. No. Nope. <laughs> we tried Elder Scrolls Online too. And Ooh. I'm like, no, within five minutes, I was like, mm -mm, mm, I don't know why I thought this would be it. I wanted to play with you, but not like this. <laughs> not like this. <sighs> Maybe it's just you do parallel play where you're both playing, but you're both playing your own. Yeah. You, know, you, you run across each other every now and then. Like, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, that would, that's about the only way it would work. Do you like Dungeons & Dragons streams? Who doesn't? Come check out Geeks Like Us Clinical Role, Mondays from 9 to 12 EST. Whereas his Dr. Megan, Canel takes her psychologist friends through the Underdark into... Pirates? Ah! Oh, I want to be a pirate! Ah, oh, get my sword. Anyway, Clinical Role, Mondays, 9 to midnight, on the Geeks Like Us Twitch channel. <laughs> and we're back, so... It's been a few months. We talked about being organized in 2020 and having our planners. So let's check in on how's everybody doing with the planners? What? Uh, <laughs> let's start with Kelly. Kelly, you yeah. are new to the planner world. <laughs> Tell us how the planner has been helping you. Um, it's pretty. It looks nice on my shelf. Is it closed on your shelf? Oh yeah, it's closed. I haven't <laughs> like the past couple. Like, what even is time anymore? So, in my defense, what is time? If you're starting starting to use a planner during a pandemic, not great. Um, no, I just because there's no consistency, and that I just I don't know. I can't. I feel like I don't know what's going to happen next week, and so why even try and like sketch it out? Any kind of long term plans all have been feel like they have been just exploded. So I don't even need to look into the future. It's more of like a, almost a day-to-day, week-to-week kind of thing. And so no, I haven't touched it in a hot minute. And uh, by a hot minute, I mean like at least two months. 
And so, yeah, that's how my uh, planner, I was using it really, really well for like a month or two, maybe even three, but one, like what is time anymore? And two, I just, yeah, nope. The boat I was on, I dove off, swimming to the bottom of the ocean right now and just enjoying my, my free balling time. <laughs> that's the other thing <laughs> I was talking about motivation. I'm like, mm, yeah. I, what is, what even is that anymore? Mm -hmm. and that translates into my, my planner use or lack thereof. So that's how it's going for me, guys. How are you doing? I, I too have fallen off. I have my, I found yes. it. It's on the floor next to me. Um, yes, I'm not alone. what I've been doing though, is I, we bought a pack of whiteboards for the home, the crisis schooling, whatever the heck we're calling it. Cause it's not homeschooling. Um, so I write a list of things I need to do every day on my whiteboard and I check off my list on my whiteboard that's about as much as I could do. Mm -hmm. um, I have looks so judgy. <laughs> I have slowly just... over the last couple or last week or so started getting back into putting things into application calendars and things. And so I probably will pick the planner back up next week or maybe later this week and start putting the checklists into the planner. And, but yeah, this like whole last month of quarantine, not quarantine, whatever this is, has just, really thrown me for a loop and, um so yeah failure on the use of my planner i love my planner i think it's really cool i want to use it but uh nope <laughs> i'm also not using my planner shocker considering <gasps> but i, I am i, am I have gassed. i have pivoted i can't really turn my computer to show you but i have a i have a whiteboard that i have done monthly milestones uh, ongoing projects and um, things that have been completed, which I've never had kept a track list before of things that have been completed, but it makes me feel better about life right now. So I have a list of things that have been completed because um, I have to have some kind of tracking or I just will just forget things that I'm supposed to do. So no daily schedule because I have two children under the age of five at my house. Um, so I just have no daily schedule besides their daily schedule. <laughs> so I, I still have to keep something to keep me on track. I still use it as a tool, but it has just shifted to whiteboard only. And I still have my my little planner waiting, gathering a little dust. I mean, it has some stuff in it, but not it's not what it used to be, not before the pandemic. That makes me feel so much better. <laughs> like if, if the planner goddess herself has shifted, she then has. it makes sense. Like you've taken a step to the left and that just means I took a step to the left, but then there was no cliff left. And so I fell and so it just makes <laughs> a lot of sense. How about you, Sarah? So I have switched, which it sounds like we're all switching, if I can make an observation. We're all switching to alternate methods that are smaller and more constrained, but still keeping track of stuff somehow. Because I use these like long-ish, I don't even know, like five, six inches long post-it notes. And then I uh, stick them where my desk is now is in our guest bedroom next to a, a DIY Ikea half lofted bed now because people are too afraid to lay on it. So it's cut in half height wise. <laughs> so it's just kind of high. So now the dogs have decided that's their den next to my work desk, which is fun. Um, but I stick it there because there's the bars where the edge of the bed is and I just stick them right next to me and they hang right there next to my desk and it's great. Um, but I think also something that none of us have addressed is that like every workplace has a different way of organizing now, whether it be a chat or more than a chat, like with Take This, we have always been online. We don't have an office or a home hub. Uh, so we use Trello and Slack 
And I find that stressful to use both, but I use both because we have to use both. Never mind email. So. Yeah, I really hate Trello. I'll put out there, you know, I don't like to speak ill, but God, I hate Trello. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, you know, we're, I mean, everybody's having to adjust so much. Like there, I think we talked about it earlier. Like there's not going to be, it's not like everything's going to go quote unquote back to normal. One, that is a good thing because it shouldn't be. Um, there's been so many think pieces about how, you know, the pandemic has exposed so much inequity and that to go back would be like an insult to everybody who has struggled and like to kind of devalue the the work and the effort that people have put in to kind of move forward and adjust and shift and I was listening to, I, I signed up for like a, um, like a compassion fatigue seminar because um, it had free CEs. So why not? Hi, hey. puppy. Sarah just picked up her puppy, everybody. Hello, puppy. <laughs> Good morning, puppy. Kisses. Um, I don't even remember. I was something about fashion, compassion fatigue and I can't remember now because there's a puppy <laughs> and my brain has turned to goo because the puppy is trying to eat Sarah and it's adorable. Oh, yeah. So um, she does. Yeah. I don't Land remember shark. where I was going with that. Oh, I'm right, sorry. Right. <laughs> she was like, oh, so, you know, we all moved to telehealth in like a week or less. And I was like, whoa, that's a big deal. I didn't think about that. <laughs> and so just kind of like yeah. really kind of shining a spotlight on how huge of a change things are. And I think maybe sometimes we might miss it. Or I know at least sometimes I do because the changes that are so huge aren't necessarily the most visible. So like switching from telehealth to um or switching from in-person to telehealth. That's something that's ever been done before. It's not like we were ever prepped or trained. And for all the teachers who are trying to shift to online teaching, like that's really hard. Not something that we ever trained to do. And um, you know, little things like, I just don't order from Amazon, like at all, if I can anymore. Um, just being more mindful of, uh, it's like there's a lot of small things that we now have to be more mindful of. And that just takes up so much more energy and giving ourselves props and kindness for, juggling all those extra um mm -hmm. all those extra pieces it's a lot and puppy yeah much needed structure although i do recognize that uh unlike a lot of people uh that's my situation where the dog forces me to have structure where like that's not going to be the same for everybody so this is not an endorsement to go and get a puppy it'll fix your life absolutely not but for me that works with my adhd because i know me and i know my family and i know all of those things so just it is your jacket your jacket is tasty yeah yeah full land shark everything if it fits in mouth it will go in mouth oh <laughs> you know puppies and babies really are not that different i'm just gonna no. say no. they really aren't nope. no <laughs> no I, and like that's one of the things that i'm talking with people too about figuring out like what are the things that are working like with all that's going on like what are the pieces of this that are really helping and like how do we carry that forward and how do we bring that into our lives like i do really like working from home i like doing the telehealth piece um it's been nice and so trying to figure out like how much you know i was already offering that but now like i'm feeling like i want to do that more maybe um and you know just trying to balance all of that stuff out yeah and i mean we've had time now i mean I've been in quarantine for six weeks. I know you guys have been four or five weeks, maybe. Um, or maybe it's the same. I'm not sure. But 
it took a while to adjust. The first couple of weeks were much harder. So now I've learned, for instance, my five-year-old will do like her quote unquote schoolwork, like her coloring pages or whatever, if you do it in the morning, right? So I don't stress about having her do anything after 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, like what doesn't matter if she's five, she can just play. Um, whereas the first couple of weeks I was like, oh, the teacher said at 11, we have to go on a nature walk. And at 12, we have to make Play-Doh models. And it's like, okay, you need to just do what's like right for your kid. Um, and it doesn't matter what other people are expecting of you. I think this goes back to understanding that everybody is struggling and everyone's trying to figure it out. And for the things to take away from me is maybe be a little more <laughs> relaxed um, about it because in the end, the kids will be fine. They're kids, they can play and everything will be well. Um, and for you, maybe it's telehealth is something that you want to pursue more and this is something mm -hmm. you enjoy. And you would have known that as much if we hadn't had it forced upon you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not about making light of the situation. I, this is like oh. the clinician part coming out, but it's not about making light of the situation. It's about making the best of what we have and, you know, not to get all Eastern philosophical or though since Megan's act, I'm sure she digs it. Um, but like finding meaning in the difficulty makes it more tolerable. doesn't make it easier. doesn't make it happy fun times, but like there being, uh, you know, surprised gifts, those, you know, finding meaning in the difficulty and the sacrifices can make it more tolerable and, and um, still difficult to get through, but maybe just a little bit easier. For sure. I'm watching way more streams than I ever did before. Me too. And mm -hmm. that's been cool. wonderful. Yeah. I'm playing way more games or playing more, putting more time into gaming, which I really, really like, I love, I love playing games. I wish I was playing more games. I try, but like, I'm just so tired at the end of the day. Play Sea of Thieves with me. I have, okay, so yeah. I, I need a platform because I have literally been lobbying geeks like us <laughs> to play or anyone they to play Sea of Thieves with me. Yeah, but not with me. Oh. I'm beginning to develop a complex, like a redheaded stepchild complex here. Oh, no. Around, I, I'm just... I have been standing for Sea of Thieves for over a year, for over two years, but for this group for over a year, just saying. So, like all right, I have, do I have together. to play it on the X? How do I have to play this? All right. Xbox, you don't have a birth, I have a birthday, so I will, that will be my birthday thing. Or, or do you have an Xbox, an Xbox One? We do. Okay. If you sign up for the 30 day trial of Xbox Game Pass, it's $1 for 30 days. Sea of Thieves is an Xbox Game Pass game, meaning that you don't have to pay for it. I have put over 200 hours into that game and I have technically not bought it because I have Game Pass. So I'm just saying financially speaking, great. But we can play. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'll, I'll take you on the thieves. We'll, I'll show you the world. Shining, Bye. shimmering, splendid. Uh, you know, Very tell nice. me, Megan, when was the last time you let your a pirate ship decide uh well i mean since it's the pillars of eternity is a pirate game so oh so, see i, I yeah. don't know that one yeah now i'll i will give sea of thieves a try we'll we'll give it a try so <laughs> you're all invited you can take four people mm -hmm. on a boat you can and apparently you can murder chickens as sarah found out sadly uh pigs it was pigs oh pigs. pigs yeah oh you can drown the chickens why would you drown the chickens 
I mean, I didn't do it on purpose. It was, <laughs> it was an accident. I didn't know. I didn't know that either. I've never drowned anything. Uh, <laughs> it just means it's like in horseback riding. If you've never fallen off the horse, it means you awfully haven't ridden enough. If you haven't mm -hmm. drowned a chicken in Sea of Thieves, it just means you haven't played enough. Okay. Well, I'll be, I'll, I'll be your, uh, not the captain, but I'll run the ship for you. I'll say, okay. I'll steer it and sail it because I hope the mechanic is actually somewhat realistic. It is. If you know how to sail, you will have an advantage. I was a sailing instructor for 11 years, so. <laughs> well, yar, everybody on <laughs> Captain Connell's boat. All right, well, we'll take another break. And when we come back, we'll talk about what we've been noodling on during this awesome. weird time. Are you looking for a book to talk to children about girls? Do you want to see little ladies solving their own problems? Buy Pragmatic Princess today on Amazon by Dr. Rachel Cohen. Megan's looking at me like it's time. And we're back. All right, so uh, let's start with Sarah. Yes. What have you been noodling on? What's going on in your noodle? What's happening up there? Um, I have been noodling on trying to figure out like how to socialize a puppy without socializing a puppy. Like, do I take her to a park in an X-Pen and ask my friends and neighbors to show up and stand at the other side of the X-Pen at a healthy social distancing area and like sit on the outside of the X-Pen or how do I do it? How do I get her to meet people? How do I get her to meet? She can't meet dogs yet because she doesn't have all her shots because she's a baby, but like how do I protect against her becoming like a her people only, her dogs only dog? Because I want her to be a therapy dog. Um, and she's got some of the tendencies already naturally. So how do I bolster that without breaking COVID rules recklessly? Um, so that's that's been a challenge, I would say. You could send her to Maryland and I would <laughs> happily play with her. Yes. And socialize her with I my know, dog right? and my two cats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Puppy package. <laughs> Otherwise, articles. I'm trying to figure out how to boost my article topic. I now am writing one article per week for Take This. And so I have to think about what do I want to write about? What do I what do I want to share with the world about mental health every week and games? So that's, you know, what do I write? So today I'm going to write a paper about leeches. Leeches. <laughs> leeches. Leeches. Yes. And how uh, loneliness is like a leech. Ah, okay. It lures in fish. <laughs> uh, your blood. It it the analogy is like it 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 you don't see them. Sometimes you do, you don't. Sometimes you're aware they're there. Sometimes you're not. But when you go swimming, you might not even feel it attached to you. Sometimes there's a sting when it attaches to you. And when you leave the water, you have to do something with it. You're, it's gross. It's ugly. It's draining you of your life force. And then because of it, you're afraid to go swimming again um you might wear protective gear all this stuff so nice i yeah. like it if I do you too. throw it in the fire you can kill the the kings of the sudden kingdom <laughs> that's oh, yeah. it i know right i was thinking about how do i tie this into all the games that i know have leeches too um because i know there's leeches in skyrim i know there's leeches oh gosh there's in a lot of thieves. them yep <laughs> that's true and then you vomit if you eat them Yes. I don't know if you eat important. loneliness, but if you eat it, would you puke? Probably. It's Probably. really gross. Yeah. 
Don't eat loneliness. That's <laughs> listeners. Please don't eat loneliness. That, that is not so. Or leeches. No. Yeah. Yeah. Eating loneliness sounds like <laughs> sitting down with a pint of Ben and Jerry's and killing it. So, you know, in moderation. <sighs> I love that. Kelly, what are you noodling on? <laughs> Right now, trying to figure out this incredibly stupid cursor hover on clickable sprite and why it won't work. So I am using Unity to build my game. I'm using a Fungus plugin, which is a, um, a free plugin for Unity that allows you to develop like visual novels really, really easily. Like if all you want to do is like tell a branching narrative story with pretty pictures, perfect. Um, it's also built to do like point and click adventure games. So I'm trying to merge those two together. And so all I want is for when the cursor hovers over a clickable object for it to like change or flutter or indicate to the player in some way that, hey, you found a clickable object. And I've probably been working on this for like 10 hours. Just this one tiny little bit of like user feedback UI and I just can't get it to work. It's better now because it'll flicker for a second. And so I have to figure out, well, why is it doing that now? And so that is, has been the focus of much of my very frustrated attention is figuring out why this one dumb thing won't work. Um, so tutorials and like, yeah, that is, has been like my, my hyper-focused noodle of I'm going to get this damn cursor to work. Because when I made it previously, I got it to work. And I don't remember how I did it. And of course, Unity has changed since then. And the Fungus plugin has changed since then. So it's it's just like this horrible mean puzzle that's just like taunting me. Um, so if anybody out there knows, yeah, I was say, do, tweet at Kelly to let her know. Get at me. Um, and if the response is get good at coding, no, thank you. I tried. It did not work for me. Um, so <laughs> other recommendations are welcome though. Get good. Get good. All right. Rachel, how about you? Um, I've been thinking, um, a lot about video game addiction actually, and how the narrative since the quarantine has changed so dramatically about games and the role that they play in our lives. Um, I was going to apply for this fellowship for a three-year project and I've been developing it for a while, looking at the ways in which quote unquote, what would be considered addictive behavior impacts our mental health based on the premise that there's a lot of research that shows that games are more positive for our mental health than negative. Um, and if people are using games in a maladaptive way, it's probably related to something else, right? Like depression or stress or environmental stress, whatever it might be. But now that kind of research project seems trite because even the World Health Organization, who were the number one people pushing for video game addiction, came out saying like, actually, games can be great right now. Um, so I've just been thinking a lot about that and how they've been pushing the narrative for so long about, of course, if you use anything in an excessive way, it is bad for you. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's not, but it's just funny how the narrative has changed so quickly. And now pursuing like long-term projects, looking at gaming addiction seems like a waste of time. Um, so yeah, I've just been thinking about that. I did not apply for that three-year fellowship because I thought this is not topical. This is seems useless now. Um, but where do we go from here? Maybe now is the opening to have these big discussions about games for mental health. And maybe there's more, people are more open to realizing that games can be a tool for mental health instead of just fire and brimstone and all the bad things. Yeah. Life comes at you fast, World Health Organization. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder what the next big culprit's going to be. I mean, it was like comic books, then radio, then TV, and oh, VR. Yeah, VR. Like and VR. VR. Oh, okay. VR. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Sure. So it's it's just going a little thousand percent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. If you're looking at games, you know, games are demonized because they came from pinball, which was demonized around the same time as the comic books were. At the same way, anything that is a recreation specifically that children enjoy is always like the the spotlight of moral panic is like oh my god what are the children doing because that's like care about the children and then the puritanical mindset of western civilization of if you're not working you are doing bad idle hands devil placing so recreation is inherently bad so what is the most popular form of recreation well it was the bicycle it was the hoop it was the comic book it was the radio all of them were demonized and that's just what we're going to see and so the the next logical step you know from pinball to arcades to home consoles like it's VR. I that's just my and the the fascinating thing about that is I don't know what to think about it because VR is a totally different beast than say like playing on my Xbox. There's a lot of different mm-hmm. biological stuff. There's a whole new like wave of ethics to consider. Um and so I my guess is that's the next moral panic, but it's also um one of those where like the research is just barely like just barely, barely. getting in there. Yeah, there's so it's really hard to like. So if someone were to ask, is video game harm or is VR harmful? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, if we base it off of all the other moral panics that came before it, meh. But we'll say, yeah. Well, I'll yeah. say like it does seem just anecdotally, because um, Dr. Ryan Kelly, we have a VR system at uh, Southeast, and he was in it for over an hour. And when he came out, like it took him a good 45 minutes to get used to seeing things normally yeah. again and interacting with the world normally. So there does seem to be like harmful in terms of like moral panic type harm, probably not, but in terms right. of like, uh, is there stuff we have to consider? For sure. VR? I, uh, yeah. I did the new Oculus demo with Ryan at one of the PAXs and I was dizzy and nauseous for a significant amount. I had to stop the demo early. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, there's a to. there's a whole field of UX and UI dedicated to under to better understanding how we process visual stimuli so that they can reduce motion and there's like a motion sickness and there's already a set of mm-hmm. guidelines um, put out by like neuroscientists around how to help decrease motion sickness. Um, but yeah, that's interesting because there's some people who can't play first person shooters because of motion sickness. And so it'll be interesting to see, like, not that VR is new, because it was around in like the 80s and even the 70s, but the first real successful commercialization of VR is happening right now for early adopters. And so it's going to be really interesting to see, like, the sophistication of what's made, um, mm-hmm. especially if they start getting indie titles. Like, you think about the quality of a, a title you might find on, like, Itch.io. <laughs> Imagine putting that in a VR space. Um, so it'll be interesting. And yeah, oh, that, that would I be my know. guess. I would, I would love to see Flowscape as a VR so, oh yeah some of them will be great some yeah. of them will be great <laughs> and beat saber is pretty amazing it is but, i want that oh want so that. fun yeah so, yeah i think like i've just been noodling on trying to figure out how to do all of this stuff and how to live and i a lot of my life recently has been trying to balance things um certainly been living on the cusp if not full into burnout and trying to avoid that and trying not to engage in fear-based decision making and fear-based thinking um but like it it's just it's hard yeah 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 because there is no balance 
Like <laughs> there, there is no way to balance it. Um, I think it's Dr. B who usually says it's not about work-life balance. It's about work-life integration. And so think about it like a puzzle as opposed to like a balancing beam or a teeter-totter. I don't know if that yeah. helps but visually since I know Megan <laughs> likes to think visually. Yes. Um, based on episode, insert episode number here, make Kelly look smart. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like trying to find how do all these pieces fit together and which ones are ones I have to do, which are ones that I want to do, which ones are the more important pieces, which ones are the ones that, and it's fine if they don't really fit. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's hella hard. <laughs> it's yeah. always been hard, but now it's even like we, we've increased mm-hmm. the difficulty setting uh, uh, at least a level or two. Like our sliders on Celeste are all the way up. That's what it feels yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You uh, you don't have to do the nature walk at eleven. You can let that one go. Yeah, I'm no, so no, proud I do. of you, yes. Rachel. I'm so that proud is, of you. I know. Like, I feel like this is such a big growth for you, Rachel, just to like embrace some chaos and just go with it. Yeah, it's not my style. Rachel, <laughs> put I'm down trying. the planner, guys. I'm just, I I'm just beaming. I'm so. I think that's the title pa- of this episode. Rachel, put down the planner. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna say what you don't have to take a nature walk at eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> either one is a good title it's true can you just I'm do like it. not nature walk on your on your agenda and then do like another cup of coffee with special stuff oh the by the way the special stuff is uh bailey's irish creamer yeah. vanilla or espresso flavored or here in canada there is a maple cream that's like bailey's but maple flavored mm. of course there is of course there is. it sounds amazing it is yeah <laughs> But anyway, everyone, take, oh wait, before we go, oh, yeah. wait, yes. Sarah said like left a nugget of us waiting for her new title and she hasn't told us. I can't tell everybody. I'll have to tell oh, y'all can know okay. the NDA life, but stream when I know I can tell you, I will tell you, my my sweet, sweet listeners. Okay. okay. Um, so, uh, exciting things stay tuned. on the horizon, I promise. Okay, cool. <laughs> Yes. That is awesome. Well, everyone take care. Make sure you're washing hands and faces and all of that good stuff and practicing the good social distancing while we have to. And look it all through this and figure it out. All right. Take care. Brain Noodles is a production of Geeks Like Us. Your hosts for this podcast are doctors Megan Connell, Kelly Dunlap, Rachel Cowart, and Sarah Sawyer. Music for this podcast is The Life of Riley by Kevin McLeod. Audio edited, mixed, and mashed by Amelia Herbst. Follow Geeks Like Us on Twitter at G33KS like us. That's at G33KSLIKEUS. Until next time, keep noodling.